Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. Hey, it's Johnny King. Thank you and welcome for being here for another episode of the Johnny King Show. I have two of my amazing friends here and we are going to discuss uh, everything that's been going on recently with, um, you know, tragedy with uh, obviously the, the death of, what's the name? I'm totally blanking. George Floyd. George Floyd, Floyd thank you. A um, number of list of people. Yeah, yes. Um, go through a list. Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. Um, Arbery. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we missed a couple of people. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of Tony McDay. Yeah. Yep. A lot of craziness. Um, and so maybe we can just make sure that we speak up so I can hear you. So All right. I can hear you. All right. Um, yeah. But so right here to clear. my left, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've got Rashawn uh, Ford. Why don't you tell, just tell a little bit about yourself and, and what you do for a living? Ah. So, Rashawn Ford, as I said, I am a pediatrician, and I work in the arena of child abuse. So, seeing um, kids who have concerned about child abuse, physical abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, and assault, and um, <clears throat> I'm here to have a dialogue uh, after working last night, post-call. So, mm. let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, both Rashawn and, and Andre here are, are black Americans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we've had really good conversations. We've connected through my meeting of men, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and we've had multiple coffee conversations. We were talking about things, and I don't know why brain fart as we're literally talking about George Floyd and why <laughs> this is what we're sitting down for, and I can't even remember his name for the moment, but <clears throat> a lot's going through my brain. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are, Andre. Um, Andre Martin. I just. Uh, Basically, I'm just, I'm out here. I just moved back to Colorado. I um, currently am open to many wonderful opportunities, which is great. And um, came back to take care of my mom for a while, and um, she's in good health, so I'm I'm ready to start again. That's awesome. Yep, so so good, just kind of... Time of transition. Yeah, loving life and loving Colorado, loving being back. Yeah. Thank you for both being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Um, I think as, as Rashawn and I were having uh, conversations the other day about uh, everything that's been going on. Um, is it still going? Yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was just being totally honest and transparent being like, it's not that I don't have anything to say per mm-hmm. se, but uh, being white and privileged, there's even, I just, I, it's like I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, "This is this is just a good conversation for us to have." And I wondered if you'd be willing to jump on the podcast. And then I saw Andre's posts on Facebook, and uh, both you guys are just very intelligent, very articulate. With and just again, tend to have a lot of empathy, you know, and being able to see the the full picture. And I thought this would be a great, healthy conversation to have um, to educate anyone that might be able to to tune in. So thank you for both being here. Sure, thank you. I think yeah. it's. Uh... Uh, conversation that needs to be had um, by many people, and it's you know long overdue. And I think a forum like this is, um, in a position that you're in, I think has um, 
the ability to to kind of reach you know um, a little bit further than just the the conversations we have on yeah. on Facebook and in person. Yeah. Well, and and the meeting of well, Denver seems like is I don't know just predominantly more white, where compared to St. Louis, which is probably one of the bigger, <clears throat> most segregated cities in the U.S. Um, you know, where where I grew up there, where I, I just grew up in mainly all, you know, white suburbia. But then, you know, you know how it is. You were in St. Louis for four years as well mm-hmm. with everything that happened with uh, Michael Brown, like right when I moved out here <clears throat> um, and him yeah. getting killed in Ferguson, I believe. Ferguson. Yep. Um, and the riots going on there. Uh-huh. And, and <clears throat> it's just, we've, it seems like we've been alive long enough to, to see this pattern happening. And I'm just kind of curious if... Is progress being made or is it not? You know, is it, uh, and not to start pointing fingers per se, but like how do we move forward and make progress? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess it goes down to what does progress mean? Yeah. You know, um, it, it is interesting when you ask me about my Facebook post. So if I can, let me please, please. touch on that. So um, basically, what was happening is I was in Tulsa visiting some friends staying at a friend's house, a friend's condo, and um, in a predominantly white uh, neighborhood, South Tulsa is still, I think, I, I think it's still predominantly white. And I just went to um, take the garbage out. We, we were getting ready to leave the condo after a few nights stay, and um, I just wanted to leave the condo in a better place, you know, than you find it, you know, because like, mm-hmm. we weren't raised by wolves. That's what we do. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, so um, and kind of like how you walk through <clears throat> buildings here yeah. and the garages are in the basement and the condos are up. I was just walking through this path and it's, I don't know, maybe 50 yards uh, where the trash can was. And I have never, I lived in Tulsa for 15 years. I uh, I never felt any sort of racial hostility, even though there's a lot still, unfortunately, that seems to be there. Um, I I just never felt uncomfortable, never felt out of place, nothing. So I I just went to do the trash and as I was coming back and it was dark and um, because it was like five o'clock in the morning, I'm like, what if somebody just looked out their window and just saw this black man walking through their neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you know decided to just go crazy you Mm -hmm. know thinking I was out of place even though I had every right to be there Mm -hmm. but just the stories that we make up so immediately and right then it's like I for me I just captured this overwhelming fear that I've never felt Mm. before Mm. and and I'm really excited to say I've never felt that before maybe I've lived in a bubble um but I just, just that moment in time, probably mm. as a result of all of the stuff that has been happening lately that has been brought to our attention. Mm-hmm. And Tulsa is now uh, in their 100th year of commemorating the Tulsa massacres that happened for, during the whole Greenwood incident. Mm. So maybe it was just all the energy that was going on at that moment. But for me, it was like, it just hit me like a, a ton of bricks. Like my blackness really, it it really stuck out to me, mm-hmm. which was so strange and so weird. Yeah, you know. So, but but maybe very relevant for extremely relevant things that or this conversation or just our own growth as a humanity, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. And, and so, yeah, so these are the, to me, these are the conversations we need to have. It's mm-hmm. like, you, you need to call it out for what it is. And fortunately, nothing happened. Let me finish that story. Nothing, nothing happened. I, I got in my car and made it back. It was yeah. safe. Yeah. So it was just more, of, for me, it was just more of an awareness that, why do I have to be aware of that? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the sadness around it that we live in. It seems like the world we live in, you, you know, a black person can't even be in their car without having this fear happen or you know in what Brie oh, I, I can't Brianna Brianna yeah, she was in her house you she, know, was, her she, she was sleeping, sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. she was sleeping yeah, yeah. and um, it's like really you know how does that how do we get from how do we get there what what took us there right right so where there seems to be a a commonality of like certain protocols by law enforcement being breached in a lot of these situations, you know? With that, and and in just, um, in the case of, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm missing a couple that I, you know, had mentioned before too, but, you know, at the same time as George Floyd, the the men in the the uh, Minneapolis gym, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're uh, Amy Cooper, of in the park they're not law enforcement i mean they're everyday people but Mm -hmm. that just kind of shows you um it highlights uh we can dig deeper into it uh kind of where the mentality kind of still lies and when you ask kind of has there been progress and and i'm just trying to think of a way to answer you know um where i'm saying well we're not in the 1950s and 60s you know anymore but there are a lot of things that are going on today that are reminiscent still of right. things that are going on in the um, 1950s right. and 60s. Mm-hmm. And I was having this discussion with, um, you know, another one of my friends about the, the um, Christian Cooper, Amy Cooper incident in the in Central Park. And um, for a lot of people, and and, it, and personally, I kind of feel kind of with everything else that's going on kind of with the riots, kind of what, what's going on there is kind of... Uh, fizzled out, you know, kind of a little bit or is not getting kind of as much attention to kind of what's happened there. But um, there are a lot of people, and, and, I, and I see it because I immediately thought of it, who drew parallels to what happened there and, and it's been recorded. And not that this hasn't happened before, we are just seeing it, you know, now, mm-hmm. but are drawing parallels to what happened there and the intent that people feel that happened there and what happened historically, 1955, Emmett Till. Yeah. Um, right. And, you know, for people who may not be familiar with that story, um, you know, Emmett Till, teenage, teenage black boy, Mississippi in the 50s, was visiting family down there. And um, Carolyn Bryant, I think in a shop that he was going to, had said that um, basically the interaction between them, you know, white woman, black man, and um, had been inappropriate and in that he had used inappropriate language with her. He had um, been threatening, scary to her. He had grabbed her um, and reported that, you know, to people, um, husband, who then gathered and, and, and killed him. He got lynched. He was mutilated. He was shot in the head and he was dumped in a river and, and sank. Mm. And, um, you know, the, re- the result of that um, in, in terms of trials, you know, on there, the, the men that committed that, you know, were all acquitted. Um, and it took 52 years, you know, for Carolyn Bryant to admit, I lied about that. 
Right. Our lie. That wasn't true. Um, And so looking at that video recording, um, you know, for me and knowing that story, it was hard for me not to immediately and for a lot of people that I know to kind of draw some parallels and what the intent behind that was and how that played out. Now, would Christian Cooper have gone the route of had that played out and the police showed up of him being dragged, mutilated, shot in the head and dumped in like a river somewhere? No. In 2020, there's a modern day kind of version of that. Would he have been killed? Would he have been arrested had this not been on videotape? And she got away with blatantly telling a lie of, you know, a man who's like threatening her and her dog um, there. And that's something that I think about in terms of, well, where is our progress if this is continuing to happen? Mm-hmm. And how long has this happened? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we know it's happened kind of <clears> over <throat> and over again. We've seen that play out multiple times in just kind of current things where there are things that are untrue. Um, that have been said mm-hmm. that recordings have shown otherwise. Yeah. One thing that mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> as we're talking about this, that I've that I've, I've been looking back at it too in terms of <clears throat> whether we're talking about all of these tragedies, uh, those that have happened most recently, um, the 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 school shootings, the mass shootings, the movies, you know, movie theater shootings, mm-hmm. the flying planes into buildings mm-hmm. like <clears throat> the the general uh consensus that for the most part men are at the <laughs> at the the you know the middle of this all happening and so mm-hmm. to me my thought goes to like um I'm I can't even speak to begin to speak to uh kind of the the racial part of this whole thing other than what I see is that the common denominator is men and and I just because of the work that I've done and I don't want to take this away from what we're really talking about other than I still feel like <clears throat> the the mental health of men in general where they're snapping um, and killing people or killing themselves for that matter um, I just question uh, whether it be for law enforcement for um, I don't know like I guess my question is for you guys is like how do you take into account a just upbringing, cultural, you know, the South versus the North, and like all these things that happen that that come as a result of our country's history versus people on medication, you know, hmm. um, men that are deeply lonely and frustrated, and just you know, even one of my I saw today on on Instagram that a buddy of mine his husband was shot at several times yesterday just because they got into like a verbal confrontation in St. Louis and the guy, he, he got shot, but he wasn't, you know, gratefully injured too a lot, but it was just a normal like confrontation that they were getting upset. And this this guy just snapped and started shooting at my buddy's husband. Those type of instances where these things keep coming up is the frustration because we could be talking about, you know, George Floyd today. And next week we'll be talking about another mass shooting at a school like this has to change. It's like, how do we? How do we? I like you said, we're making progress, correct? Since the nineteen fifties, mm-hmm. and yet then there's still the the pattern of stuff that's going on that kind of makes us feel like we're not making any progress. And then on social media, of course, people are saying, "No, we are making progress," and then people are like, "No, we're not." You know. <laughs> and then there's a ton of, "Well, you're horrible if you're not speaking up, and you're horrible for for speaking up, <laughs> right?" Mm-hmm. I just don't know what's healthy and, and, and where to go with the whole conversation, you know, because there's so much at play with 
I think we all get kind of desensitized in different ways to where like I just can't. I'm just trying to figure out how to. It's overwhelming. Yeah, like yeah. Get, find a job or put food on the table, and I, I can't mm-hmm. even focus on this. I don't even have a place to start talking about this. So, I I think, and this is just totally my my take. It's like, you know, the weapons of this warfare have changed dramatically. I mean, school shootings, even when we were in school, and we're all probably about the same age. Yeah. I, would, mm-hmm. I would guess roughly. I, I wouldn't have feared going to school with a gun. That that was that wasn't even a part of my growing up here in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that wasn't even on the radar. You went to school for an education. Um, you know, back in the '60s, back or back in the um, you know '40s, even um, you know, even though they they had weapons, it wasn't like like we have now. Mm-hmm. It, and even though you had these people that thought they were vigilantes, it, it seems very much more. Um, maybe prolific now because of social media where people feel like they can just take up arms because they feel threatened instead of instead of understanding that there is no threat here i can't you know it's like people can't see that there's not a threat they, mm-hmm. it's like immediately they go to my <laughs> rights have been violated and so i'm going to take matters into my own hands and i'm going to before I assess everything, I'm going to show you my, my power. It's the, you know, it's a Trayvon Martin, you know, walking down the street mm-hmm. in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, why, why would somebody, again, I had people walking up and down our neighborhood. I knew the people in our neighborhood. I would never have thought that they're doing something nefarious and we have to, I, I as a citizen of the United States, yeah. have to take matters into my own hand. Right. But, you know, fast forward to this day and age, what's happening in Michigan, like what happened in Michigan, where you have, um, you know, which you had also in, was it, was it Oregon? Now, I, now my memory's escaping me, but sure. these patriots that can come into a government building. Not thugs. Patriots. Not thugs, which is a media <laughs> thing, which is very cool, because <laughs> riots and massacre. Um, they can come into a governmental building and really subdue the building because if you have a whole bunch of people, a militia, in a government building, and nobody gets arrested, if all those men were black, I mean, really? Yes. Come yes. on. They wouldn't have gotten in there with guns. <clears throat> no. Exactly. They wouldn't have gotten to the steps. So it's like, so where is this disconnect that that black means fear, mm-hmm. or a black man with a license to carry? is fearful, but a white man with a license to carry is not. And I'm, and I'm not saying that this is a, a, a racist thing, this is not a racist statement, it's a fact, which is, which is frightening, mm-hmm. you know? It's like if you just turn the tables just a little, or a Hispanic man, would a, would a group of Hispanic men coming into a government building, Same peacefully yeah. protesting, yeah. you know, that, that just wouldn't happen. Right. And we and we all know it, and that's the sad thing is that we all know it. It's so true. If if I may, Please. you know, I, I want to you know kind of go back and kind of challenge you to kind of think about kind of something differently. I want to kind of challenge you to kind of separate out kind of what we're seeing kind of with men and school shootings from and look at that from a different lens from kind of what we're seeing here kind of with police brutality. Um, against people of color and things like that. They, you know, in the lens of, 
you're creating this kind of like, okay, mental health and, and things like that. Um, an issue there and take out kind of the, the race, you know, kind of part of it um, was, it's something that I want to kind of take a step back, you know, to do. And I have to kind of separate those, you know, out um, in a different way. And <clears throat> just from, you know, so, you know, our police, you know, that are out there, I doubt nonetheless, there is a lot of things that they see that can impact mental health, you know, there, but there's a separate issue where we are kind of enacting and reacting to kind of people of color that results in harm and mm-hmm. death um, there, which I think is different <clears throat> than, um, you know, someone taking a, a semi-automatic weapon and going through and shooting kind of indiscriminately into schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you or know, clubs there, or whatever. Right. right. Your right. clubs, you know, or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie theaters. Okay. Um, I think um, the interesting part of the discourse, um, you know, of it may be how that is um, responded to and kind of in the media and, and by society where they're like, okay. Um, and law enforcement when things like that happened and, and, and look and consider kind of where there may be a difference, you know, there too. Um, and I think it's different. And so I have to think about those me, you know, kind of differently, you know, George Floyd um, being kind of looked at as a threat, as violent, as showing resistance when there's videotapes and bystanders and witnesses who are kind of showing otherwise and police reacting in a way that they're not trained to do mm-hmm. using excessive and brutal force that related to and, and caused his death to me is different than someone who is mentally ill and kind of going in and shooting up a, a school. Right. Um, you know, to me, I think that's a different discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of in ways, and then until you start framing, well, how is the nation responding to that? Um, being a non-person of color who is committing kind of a crime like that, um, uh, I think that's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, <clears throat> and maybe it's just a way that <clears throat> excuse me that uh, I'll just speak for myself that that I go about uh, looking for commonality or connection mm-hmm. in saying. But while at the same time actually maybe losing the the point of the the whole conversation because it it kind of washes over mm-hmm. the severity of mm-hmm. what's really going on here, right? And mm-hmm. it could be one of those things that is a good example of maybe it's a, a white person's tendency. It's like, oh no, it's, it's really not. It's not a color thing. It's actually just a, a human. I don't know. Maybe that's a good example of <laughs> that I just expressed. Go there. Go there. Yeah. Because that's. Where I was going to challenge you, you know, yeah, to kind of yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. and okay. I think that's that's why I was bringing it up, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, go there in what way? Go there in what way that you are you are talking through kind of why I'm doing that, and um, is that part of um, kind of a way to kind of not go deep and actually kind of talking about kind of the issue, you know, kind of a race and kind of taking a step back, and it's easier. These are difficult dis- discussions, right. you know, to have, right. um, you know, when they're <clears> and. I can understand the the hesitancy of like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I'm going to be seen kind of the wrong way on there. And so I'm going to take a step back and it's safe for me to talk about it from this lens mm-hmm. as opposed to going in and, and calling it what it is. Right. This was horrible. And right. this is something horrible that was um, uh, you can't separate kind of the race, the racial motivation, you know, by do, you know, be it kind of something that was overt or co- covert 
kind of implicit, you know, things like that. It is something that has to be addressed and, 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 and talked about. Yeah. And I think um, you can't really separate kind of what happened to, uh, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and um, yeah. Yeah. Ahmaud Arbery and Tony um, McDade and... <laughs> The man in oh, uh, the man in um, what was it Oklahoma um, with that that basically got held hostage by the HOA right the like delivery the, driver the, the delivery driver yeah. and without being able to address you know the racial mm-hmm. you know component mm-hmm. and um, and and that being a commonality <clears throat> you know in there and um, well, I wonder if it's a, not to interrupt you but I wonder mm-hmm. if it's it is more of a it's a way that my ignorance uh, minimizes things because I don't, I don't know how to speak to it other than to find some commonality of something I can speak to, mm-hmm. which only probably if I were to say, if I, you know, there's probably people listening like, see, that's the problem. <laughs> or, that guy, you know, you know, or the commonality is all these people are black. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. But <clears throat> you're not on, um, you know, uncommon and, and that like, I don't, in the apprehension and kind of knowing how to comfortably kind of talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, in there. And then, so the part, you know, of it is really engaging in kind of discussions and being, you know, and being able to kind of engage and learn, like, like what is behind this that we're kind of seeing it this way? And what is the perspective here? Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm kind of learning what is the historical context that is fed into and the structural and systemic con- uh, context that is fed into kind of what we're seeing now. Um, because that's the part I think a lot of people don't see. Or aren't able to kind of wrap their heads around. Right. Um, or the concept of, you know, things being um, kind of covertly, you know, um, kind of related to race and things that are overtly related to race. It's easy for us to see kind of blatantly um, something like Amy Cooper, where, you know, that is kind of like, wow, that is overtly and blatantly kind of something racist there. But then to kind of go back and um, kind of see something more subtle. Mm. Um, or that may be um, fueled by kind of an implicit racial bias um, that is then enacted, um, you know, there, like, you know, the, 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 the young black business owners in the gym or what happened with the delivery driver um, played itself out a little bit more um, overtly, but may have been fueled by something more sinister, more covert. Right. Mm. More insidious. Insidious. And I, I think what, what happens is we, we want to feel, we want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. We want to feel at peace. And for me, because, I, because of where I grew up and how I grew up, I, I don't like the emotion of anger. I, I don't like feeling <clears throat> that. I, I don't like it when it wears up, well, wells up. Mm-hmm. I don't like the emotion of fear. Mm-hmm. I don't like to fear, to feel fearful. I'd much rather diffuse a situation. Let me not necessarily gloss over it, but just take take a step back and just say, I don't I don't want to go to to this place because I know the next thing will, will be to react out of that place. Yeah. And I'd much rather react out of, oh, you know, life is good, people are good, you know, in, yeah. innately because mm-hmm. that's been my filter and my my community, my tribe. Mm. But when I see this <clears throat> and I feel I mean it, it just sparks me to to react and I, and I don't like feeling that. And there are societies that live in that. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't know how to because they've not they've not been in the the society of safety. Right. They're always at war. Right. 
There's always, they're always, you know, what's happening in Flint, Michigan? Why has that gone off the radar? Yes. Does anybody yeah. know about that? No. What happened to the, the pipeline for mm-hmm. the, the natives? You know, it's like we just, we want to feel this, oh, well, this feels good now because they're taken care of. No. Yeah. You know, these people were freezing and being hosed down in the middle of winter. It's like, why? We should feel rage. We yeah. should feel anger. Yeah. Those are those are emotions that we should have. We should react out of, and it should be for the betterment of everybody, mm-hmm. not just the betterment of this group. Getting back to the the police, and I I have had great relations with policemen in Absolutely. that I've that I've had contact with. I yeah. mean, like if I've been pulled over, which I really haven't, but if I've called somebody, called an authority, a police officer, they've been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, white police officers mm-hmm. or black, what it doesn't matter. Right. The police are not the problem. <clears throat> but I but there is a problem when it becomes this fraternal order where they think they're gonna handle it in in house and the people on the outside that are affected don't get to see that process. Mm-hmm. You know, when why is this person on administrative leave? It's like, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have video proof, what mm-hmm. body cams, all this stuff, that this is what happened, mm-hmm. but they're on administrative leave? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A man is dead. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and we're going to, well, we're going to take care of and look at all the information. I get it, but, but look at what you got, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are witnesses. It's like you've got to just believe people. You know, the police are, are not serving and protecting in that mm-hmm. in that manner, mm-hmm. which is what we have charged them to do. Yeah, that's so true. So, I think one of the things, just a, a short comment too, and kind of going back to progress with you, and I kind of pointed this out to you on our you know message. Yeah, you know, kind of thread. The one thing that um, you did um, is. You know, kind of express, okay, I'm expressing privilege, I'm expressing, you identified that this is all wrong. You know, um, you can even discuss, okay, race is kind of a factor here without necessarily explicitly stating that because it can be uncomfortable to kind of go there. And um, then you ask a question, you know, because of a comment that I made and I assume something that, you know, Andre had said too on what does this mean? Um, you know, on there, and that's the discussion that needs to be happening. You know, right. be happening here, and the, and I think where the progress is happening that I see with people around me, um, who you know are non-black, um, or you know just white, um, that maybe I haven't seen in a long time, as people are starting to mull over and ask questions mm-hmm. appropriately, and that we know this is wrong. You know, on there, and. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of missing the question that I was going to, you know, kind of asking where I was going here. But for for George um, Floyd, you know, we know, and Andre pointed this out, and I point this out. I work with um, law enforcement every day. Have plenty of them in speed dial, yeah, right. you know, and everything like that. Yeah, and so um, when they're and then great, great people, things like that. This doesn't happen. I've been pulled over before and not had um, kind of an interaction like that. But, I mean, we can get into kind of what goes through my mind and what I have been taught I have to do yeah, in a situation right, like right, that. Right, right. But, um, you know, there right. to not get killed, you know, and everything like that. But what was different about um, on here? Why was the color of her skin 
what factor and how did the color of George Floyd's skin kind of play into what happened and how this um, law enforcement, you know, officer David Chauvin, that played out in this way, that is very different from kind of another officer who is confronted with a situation like that where it doesn't go that route. What is the difference between these two, you know, situations here and how they view a person of, you know, of color and what implicit biases, you know, they may have, you know, that played out in the color of skin that, that influenced how they reacted here are the questions that people, you know, kind of need to have and like discuss. The other part of this is why, um, you know, on here, are we questioning you know, are we are we starting to question here when we now are seeing um, and recognizing that these kinds of things are not new kind mm-hmm. of in our history? Mm-hmm. What's happening now is we're seeing a lot of it shown back in a mirror, you know, to us because it's being recorded, you know, in here. And what that is also showing us is that there's a lot of things that have been dishonest, you know, kind of in there. You go back to mm-hmm. or another, you know, person, Sandra Bland, and look up what happened, you know, to her mm-hmm. and the and the and the cop for traffic, you know, I failure to signal or something like that that got pulled over and really had something brutal happen to her in that incident that got recorded. And this officer kind of made her out to be well she was that was threatened by her and um she was reaching for something there and her own you know bit uh cell phone kind of recorded something completely opposite you know everything like that and we're seeing this pattern kind of over and over again mm-hmm. in situations like this and we need to be asking a question kind of what have we not seen kind of in other situations where that have resulted in kind of deaths of people of color <clears throat> has this been a pattern it probably has yeah. you know in there and why are we not addressing that mm-hmm. and um if we're not taking something like race into consideration there or um kind of holding up like these officers and they're kind of protecting they're just doing their jobs or things like that why would there be a need to be dishonest about kind of what really went down totally there are the questions that people are starting to ask um on there and why is that different and then like why is that disproportionately happening to people who have this kind of skin color or the skin color of that then not um you know on there is i think we're that brain needs to go and it's not that like anyone has to have anything to say no one's going to be able to say anything that makes it go away or get better um from your standpoint but it's kind of asking those questions like why are people saying that they are tired (laughs) you know about Mm -hmm. what does that mean yeah and then why is a situation like this kind of making people tired um what is going on why are people rioting now um you know and things like that i think are are things that i'm seeing kind of been there along on the other side with people who are kind of justifying uh you know things that are happening you know here and kind of writing away and that's the wrong way to go so well the conversation that that we started having yesterday was there's so many different conversations to be had Mm -hmm. one obviously is is the murder itself Mm -hmm. the other conversation we were having was more about people's and might be similar to my action too. The minim- minimizing of it, or making it into a completely different mm-hmm. uh, outcome or mm-hmm. storyline, if you will. Right? Mm-hmm. Would you mind kind of just speaking to what you were frustrated about when you started chatting with me yesterday? Ah. If you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so this is in response to kind of everyone saying, "Okay, we're we're tired," and that's a that's a loaded, uh, you know, tired of of what you know. For me, and, I, and I'll speak for kind of myself on this. So one, and it's, and it's multiple things, you know, kind of seeing these images of, of people who look like me and I can identify with and are situations that I very well could have been in, 
um, it's traumatizing. And that's a real thing. You know, it's been studied that can induce, you know, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic, you know, stress in different people. And we're seeing this over and over again. And what's playing in the back of my mind is that this goes back you just historically. This is something that is happening, happening, happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go back to kind of childhood and seeing kind of Rodney King, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the things mm-hmm. that happened with that and how that played out and, and thinking, is this going to go? you know, down that pattern again where nothing is going to happen, you know, from that. And here we go. This is just another one of those. There's the super saturation factor of that and going from watching on the news, Ahmaud Arbery get murdered. Um, and then the man in Oklahoma get held hostage. Um, Tony McDade get murdered. Um, Breonna Taylor get murdered, you know, kind of in our, in, in our home. And these are all things that did not have to happen. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Amy Cooper and her antics there. And it's just a lot that's playing out. And it's not that these things aren't happening. It's now that we are being um, privy to viewing all these traumatic things kind of over and over and over again. And it does weigh you mm-hmm. down and tired can be a symptom of kind of some of the mental impact of that. And you're saying people are just saying they're tired of seeing it. Is that what you for doing? one? Yeah, for one, we're tired of talking about it. You're getting tired, or you're saying they're they're saying to you, "I'm just tired of this." Both. Okay. Both. Okay. Both. You know, you're just kind of in general. Okay. Um, you know, too. The other part is like <clears throat> engaging in discussion. We talked about this, you know, on the phone too, and um, and the discussions about um, you know, bringing up race, kind of in here, and you know. Uh, this is blatant racism, you know, here, what, what Amy Cooper exhibited. This is kind of racially motivated. It is racially motivated what happened to Ahmad, um, Brianna, and kind of all these people that I just kind of mentioned there. And having to over and over again engage in debate, and this is in social media, and see the debates play out in like the media where there's justification for um, kind of these things and even rationalizing and coming up with uh, reasons for why this happened. I was reading a Facebook thread, um, a colleague of mine who was pointing out something, um, and it posted the video of, of what happened with George Floyd. And the very first comment was, well, he shouldn't have been resisting arrest. And I'm like, but he wasn't. We saw that on video, mm-hmm. you know, over there. And it's the cops were just doing their job. And this wouldn't have happened had he not been resisting. Mm-hmm. I've seen the same thing with Amy Cooper, which for the life of me, I don't know how anyone could justify you know, that and rationalize away. Well, if he hadn't said anything to her, if Christian Cooper hadn't said anything to her and been minding his own business, when like clearly in Central Park, she was the one breaking the rules. She came and approached him kind of in this situation. And it's that kind of thing and combating that kind of mentality and having to engage in those debates again with people over and over again who are closed <clears> off <throat> to the possibility of kind of having those discussions mm-hmm. and um you know we had that discussion and that thought process you know of like well you you'll choose your battles you can choose not to the problem is you can't <laughs> you know sometimes because um the people who are going to respond to it and be like i you know uh, uh and and bring up race and are considering kind of race in there are the ones who um you know are going to be thinking about it and who also especially when they're coming from a place of privilege are going to be, you know, allies and helping to, you know, affect change, but they're not, 
necessarily the ones that are, you know, Amy Cooper in the park, you know, kind of doing that. It's the people who are saying, like, and, and coming up with justifications for what she did and justifications for what David Chauvin did are the ones that need to be reached or else this is going to continue and we're not going to make progress. And so it's a battle that we somewhat can't choose to engage right. in. And if going through that, I can get that and, and reach one person who's like, oh, okay, fine. I see what your point is and get them thinking. That's where the battle is. But if I have to go through 100 people right. who are just kind of like, no, 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 you know, this is not it, you know, and everything like that, you're, you're race baiting and, and all that stuff and getting called names in the process, you do get worn down in the process. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. then so that part is, is, mm-hmm. is, is tiring too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more, you know, that can fit in that. I don't, you know, <laughs> that's good though. Mm-hmm. No, I think I. I mean, I. Really I totally <laughs> agree, and I, you know, not because I wasn't a part of that conversation about being tired. I, where I went was, I'm tired that this is still going on. It's still going on today. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you going back to the the white black issue. That was the Tulsa race riots mm-hmm. massacre. Um, a black man in an elevator and a white lady elevator operator. And that was just the spark mm-hmm. of something that was already happening, right. that was already systemic in the in the pull of, you know, you know, you have a you have and, and at the time it was like in the area of the, the Black Wall Street in Tulsa. So you had you know, you had black businessmen that were that were just doing what they do. You know, they were they were just being businessmen. They were lending to black other black businessmen or black banks were lending to black businessmen because black businessmen couldn't get loans from white oh, banks. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's like, here we are mm-hmm. living in almost, you know, and, and, and this is my, just my brief history in Tulsa um, of seeing these two amazing, what could be amazing systems that are functioning. And I say amazing because it's like, it's like, Black folks were doing them, white folks were doing them. And understanding the time of the day, it was, it was amazing that, that they could even get to that point. But you have these, you know, it would have been better for black businessmen to get loans from white banks or white businessmen to get loans from black banks. It would have been great to have that story yeah. written. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is the story that was written and then this is the spark that, that happened. And then this riot and then what I wanted to talk about was how even though social media wasn't there then at that time but how it was was spun from riot or into riot that it was a riot Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a riot has the connotation that there's like equal sides almost like a war Mm -hmm. you know there's equal people fighting for a common good or whatever, a riot in you know something happens, people are mad, but there's still some equality there in numbers. Mm-hmm. This was not a riot. Mm-hmm. This was a massacre, and and it was interesting when I lived in Tulsa that that's all I heard from the community that this was not a riot. Mm-hmm. Black folks did not have the resources that that the white community had. Mm-hmm. You know, the National Guard was called in; they did nothing. Mm-hmm. Homes were burned. All of Greenwood was burned. Fast forward <clears throat> to, again, I say fast forward, <laughs> to today, you know, thugs, thugs. as opposed to patriots, <laughs> as opposed to, it's like this media spin is just ridiculous and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, this, you know, instead of a man walking through a neighborhood 
It's this black man is walking through a neighborhood and with the assumption that something is up. Uh, mm-hmm. Some type of agenda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He or the <clears throat> or the delivery driver. The delivery driver in in Oklahoma. And again, because I lived in Oklahoma, I, I'm so sensitive to this. I'm like, really? The HOA? Like, who's this president of the HOA? Well, where were you? Why did you deliver? It's like I don't have to tell you anything. It's like, did I deliver to you? <laughs> when you were in a truck that identified what you were doing, and you were in your work shirt that identified yeah. who you were. Yeah. The same thing happened with the CNN reporter. The CNN, the CNN yeah, absolutely. That yeah. got arrested for live TV to see, and um, where they're trying to get him like to move, and he's identifying himself, showing his badge, and um, who the, the um, you know patrol was trying to get him to move out of the way, and he's like, I'm, I'm here reporting, you know, I'm Omar Jimenez. Here's my like badge. I'll go where you want me to go. Let right. me know. And he gets arrested. He kept <laughs> saying that too. Mm-hmm. Well, where where should we be? We were told to be here, mm-hmm. so. Tell us where you want us to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And that escalated. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then what? Again. And then what ridiculous. happened? Like the, the police responded in Twitter. Well, we didn't know who he was and blah, blah, blah. And then everyone else had to respond. We saw what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why are you saying <clears throat> that? Completely lying. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's interesting. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but that's that, you know, that's where I think we are now in the social media um, circus that. It's amazing the wordsmithing that is done mm-hmm. on how you incite people to action. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the patriots have have secured the state capital. It's like, yeah, they're thugs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not patriots. <laughs> they're not peaceful protesters. Well, you don't bring a gun to a peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you? If you're peaceful, why do you feel you need to protect yourself? Right. You know, right. it's like, right. but then you have idiots driving their cars through protesters. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, it's like the madness mm-hmm. is tiring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and we're seeing that. And, and even so much more so over the past, probably what, five to 10 years mm-hmm. than we ever had historically. Mm-hmm. Now historical stuff is coming to light, mm-hmm. which is great. But we're just seeing this over and over. It's like, when... When is this going to stop? Right. Not even slow down. When is this going to stop? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be when you are fearful of being pulled over by a black officer? Mm-hmm. Of feeling shot? You know, being shot? Right. It's like, <clears throat> I'm surprised we've not heard about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and my mom said this, and she's like, or my, my brother, one of them, he said, why do we always have to feel like we're taking the high road? And I love Michelle Obama for saying that, you know, when they go low, we go high. But it's like, why, why don't we all take the high road? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when does that start? And, and, and it's a question. I mean, I, I don't know the answer, and I wish I, I, wish I did. I had um, brought this up in our discussion too to try to to kind of frame the portion of it of just kind of the discussions and and the debates kind of de- to have and so and what I brought up to you and posed for for you kind of a different way to consider um, you know on this is the taste that you kind of got in, in engaging into a debate um, when you were promoting kind of meeting the men I remember watching that debate on like Facebook. And um, and just kind of challenging and, and trying to explain what this is about in, in terms of 
we are all trying to do better here. This is a forum and a safe forum for, for men to, you know, to be better, <clears throat> to be less toxic, to be better versions of ourselves and, you know, to be supportive and accountable, you know, for all of that. That, that is a resource that I'm trying to offer here. And the responses and the vitriol that you received that you, you know, had to go and like defend, you know, on there. This is what people are feeling um, and, and, and really kind of explaining and defending almost kind of the existence of that and kind of who you are on there. Imagine that every day of your life yeah, and feeling yeah. like you have to do that every day yeah. and, and kind of work against what people are challenging and, and questioning kind of who you yeah, are yeah, yeah. And, and your existence, you know, on there. And now mm. it may not be blatantly someone's asking you, like, explain who you are, why you're here and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there are things that play out. <clears throat> um, uh, kind of in subtle ways, you know, for people of color that um, are that have been ingrained and, and systematic and things mm-hmm. like that that cause us to feel like we have to defend why I'm here, why I'm valuable, you know, every day, and um, really doing that and, and like fighting, <laughs> you know, all yeah. the time. Yeah, you can use that, and so that was the framework that I was trying to say. Imagine that you had to do that, and people were just every day, yeah, challenging like you know who you were in kind of in various ways. You're just yeah. kind of like I can't do this. you know kind of this anymore but i kind of have to <laughs> yeah for those that, that are listening that that may not have as much context like rashams was talking about he saw a uh <laughs> conversation that was going on kind of a debate which got pretty nasty to be totally honest on uh nasty. some facebook Ooh. facebook ads that i had in promoting mm. one of my men's meetings here last year in, in denver <clears throat> and you had some some guys that were like oh that's you know they were just Saying some pretty ruthless things, and then as I stepped and here, in and said call stuff, it what it was. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of sexist comments. There were a lot of homophobic comments. Yes. You know that were made. Yes, you know, you know about that, <clears throat> right? And if 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 you need other guys to to help you become a man, then you're you're never going to be a man, and all this stuff, and it's you know a sausage fest, and it's gay mm-hmm. and everything else. And so I jumped in and just gave my piece, um, which wasn't. I don't think inciting any type of. I just said my piece, and that was it. But then other guys jumped in. Yeah, and, people jumped in, and and, and then it, but it got. Yeah kind of yeah mm-hmm. below <laughs> below the line very quickly mm-hmm. <clears throat> um unfortunately but you're absolutely right because and and I've and I've also been to other seminars where you know it's like hey can I see a raise of hands of of men here in the audience um when was the last time did you have you felt in danger anytime within the last uh year and there's maybe out of you know 4500 of us maybe a hundred guys. Mm-hmm. And then how many of you have felt in danger in the last month, you know, and there's maybe seven. Mm-hmm. How many of you felt in danger in the last week? Maybe one. And then he went on, okay, women, <clears throat> when was the last time you have felt in danger for your life, you know, within the last week and pretty much the entire, which, yeah. which just is eye opening <laughs> for most men in the, to, to say, and I'm drawing a, con- uh, a connection here in the sense of like, women feel that and that was kind of the first time like oh aha like they live in fear of their safety mm. and walking down the street yes. of, of other men or being you know yes. taken advantage of all the time and, yes. and men in general don't take that yes into consideration that is a form of privilege right mm. and then even beyond that as a white male you know but you and so i mean to that point it's like you experience probably that type of fear or just being cognizant like you said you get pulled over because you were taught a certain way i don't even think i don't think about that mm-hmm. i just get pulled over and yeah. well what did i do officer yeah i was speeding like there's there's so much of that privilege that i think i'll just be again speak for myself i'm not even aware of my own privilege mm. 
you know? Mm. That's, so, the, that's kind of the definition of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's kind of the definition right. of it. It's, right. it's, it's that I don't know what I don't know, mm. right? <clears throat> so that's part of the issue, correct? Mm. Absolutely. But then how do you empathetically, because I, and I say this because I had a uh, professor in college um, who was black and in our sociology courses, he would just go at all of us rich, white, privileged, you know, and pretty much uh, say, you guys are racist, you're all this. And, and there was a few of the typically well, men and women, too, that, that would get really angry just because he just kind of came in attacking. Mm-hmm. And there's part of us that I'm like, well, you're just going about this the wrong way. You might be absolutely right, mm-hmm. but your approach is not helping the cause at all, right? So what what is a better approach to supporting White people, whoever, who, whether it be the, the majority, the, those that have power to help understand the minority, to help there be progress without their just creating more division. Because what I'm seeing on the internet a lot of times is even people who, like I said, are speaking up, then are getting kind of lambasted by either white people are speaking up and then you have other white people saying, oh, you're idiots or black people saying that's exactly the issue, you know, mm-hmm. you're at what's fault. This is why we're having this issue. And then people are like, well, shit, why am I going to even say anything? Right. Right. right? So mm-hmm. how do we do this in a way where, like you said, we, we stay above the line, we have a healthy conversation where it doesn't create more division and more hatred and more anger and more of that feeling of tiredness versus actually like actually making progress, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. I, I want to, yeah, I have a couple of I want to answer Please. that. But <laughs> when you, uh, when you said, um, that this professor a- attacked you and I, I'm drawing back to, so now he has to meet you where you are. <clears throat> Instead of you meeting him in his anger, correct, and and I think that is that's a problem because we want to hear it like we can understand it. Okay, we're not we don't when somebody comes after us, you know, the first thing we we don't put on our you know God is love light hat. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, what are they really saying to me? Let right. me let me take this in. <laughs> I mean, unless you are really that evolved. <laughs> I'm not. So somebody's coming at me. I'm not going to say, what is the lesson here? Or how can I meet this person in their anger, in their fear? I'm going to defend myself because you have just come after me. So I think that is, it's, it's dismant. We've got to dismantle that. Um, And how can we, we, we've got to find a a way to come to each other on a level playing field, not how you want to hear it, not how I want to throw it at you, but what, where is where is between that line? Where is the common ground? Correct. Do you see what I'm saying? Correct. Does that make it totally doesn't? Yeah, I think it does. If I hear you correctly, it's like <clears throat> because again, white people privilege walk into a classroom, and all of a sudden you have an angry or, Black or man. yeah, <laughs> well, he, was, he wasn't angry. He just was passionate. Okay. You know, in in truth, um, it's a good check, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He was very passionate about and and you know, very educated and and for me, being like. Uh, I didn't even know what I stepped into. My natural reaction is going to put up my shield. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like, well, screw you. You know, like I've never once felt that I was racist, which I might be or, or privileged, but all of a sudden I feel a sense of shame and guilt about it. And so now I'm going to protect myself. And at that same time, then I'm actually not listening to anything he's saying. Right. All I'm doing is trying to come up with my defenses <laughs> as to why I'm not racist, right. why I'm not privileged or like, just to discredit him. And I think that is part of the, the issue. 
in terms of just human. That is the issue. Right. Is the issue. I think that okay. I think that you've nailed it on the head. Okay. Right and I and I guess that's that is the challenge of how to educate everyone to have the tools and the conversation in a way that doesn't doesn't diffuse the issue, doesn't minimize it, doesn't make it worse, bigger than it is, just but to see it as it is and to actually make some progress. And I don't know how to do that, but so you're doing it now. Okay. Yeah. That's one thing that yeah. I will I will I will yeah. point out. Um, you know, on there. One, I think people have to recognize their privilege actually exists. Yeah. You know, on there and the pushback from from that. I think most people that I interact with um get that. Um you know, the part of it is that a lot of it is just kind of unrecognized and it's just, you know, kind of under there, but, you know, understanding that it exists in several realms. It exists, um, you know, kind of as white privilege, male privilege. It exists as, um, you know, heterosexual privilege. It exists as, like, you know, able, yeah. you know, privilege. And mm-hmm. the fact that that exists, does that, is that bad? No, it's just kind of what it is, but it's kind of. It's a position of power, and then you know, as I say, how are you using that power? Yeah, you know, kind of here. Yeah, and um, I think the step that you were taking today to engage in that, you know, conversation and have that kind of play out here <clears> is <throat> one thing, um, you know, that can be done. The other thing that I want to kind of challenge back, you know, that I kind of heard yeah. said here is, you know, how how do you know how do I get help for can make sense or kind of understanding this? Yeah. I think. And I'll split apart kind of a little bit as that may be a little incoherent. There are going to be some interactions that you have with people who are just completely inappropriate. And like Andre said, we have to kind of meet each other on the level where we have the hard discussions. And you have to do the hard work. Yeah. Kind of like you say with meeting them. Yeah. And everything like that. And have those hard discussions and really go for it. And really be kind of in a place where it's safe. Now, some people aren't safe to have this conversation with because they're angry and they're just going to write it off and mm-hmm. on both sides. Right. You know, there. Right. But... Here, you know, um, what you've created in, in, in both of us is you have a resource where it's safe to um, have those discuss- you know, conversations and be um, not afraid to necessarily put out there something <clears throat> wrong or slightly offensive that you don't understand. Um, because I'm not going to react and just like, you know, get angry with you on that. Yeah. Um, if I know what your intentions are, you know, and that, that's where we have a discussion. On, Let me, you know, explain to you why yeah. that, yeah. you know, kind of may yeah. not have been, or that rubbed me the wrong way from a <clears throat> racial standpoint or right. things like that. Right. And hopefully that you'll be able to kind of internalize and not push back about it. You know, um, I think that's the <clears> other part <throat> is that we have like, oh, no, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said and things like that. And completely discount and disregard and invalidate mm-hmm. kind of some mm-hmm. of the feelings, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, have been said. And I think part of that, I, I had sent kind of in my rant of messages there um, and discussions that yes. I've had about, yes. you know, this is how this is hitting me home now as as someone who, you know, we think about, OK, you know, am I going to be safe driving? Am I going to be safe kind of walking down the street? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be safe, um, you know, <laughs> you know, now because I've seen people get killed for, um selling cigarettes on the street from walking home in like a hoodie or things like that. And mm-hmm. to go through my mind now, like, man, you know, if I'm walking down the street at night, does it have to happen, you know, to me? And with Ahmad, I'm a runner. I live in a pretty nice neighborhood, you know, too. I mean, it's not Georgia, but if it hadn't already gone through my mind that I need to be aware of my like, surroundings and people around me when I'm going running down the street and I run mm-hmm. past like the houses behind me that are overlooking like the golf course and things like that. Um, 
then I need to be worried about that. Mm-hmm. And now, because of Breonna Taylor, people are worried that like someone's going to come in and shoot them while they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, that those are things that we have to worry about that other people don't. And that's where the privilege lies, you know, there. And um, the kind of response in some of those discussions that I had, and I kind of told you about this, was in discussing like, this is why this impacts me, because this is something I do several times a week. And if I hadn't been aware of it before and to have the response, an invalidating response, I'm like, oh, no, that won't happen to you. Mm. You're different. Mm. That, you know, that, that's not. And to be like, that makes completely no sense. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, matter. kind of whether I'm different or not. And it yeah. really doesn't lie on kind of whether or not I'm different or not. It's if I run past someone else who is not different, Correct. kind of in their mm. thinking Correct. on kind of my safety, Correct. you know, Correct. on that. And I'm pushing back on kind of like, OK, how do I get help with that? I would say part of it is not solely kind of on us to kind of help others, you know, with that. Part of it you have to take charge of, too, um, and really kind of learning um, and seeking out kind of some of the issues, you know, there. It's looking up um, and kind of maybe learning more about kind of the history of, you know, police brutality and kind of how it relates to, kind of, you know, blacks kind of in this country. It may be kind of learning about uh kind of why there are discussions about systemic and structural racism what that <clears throat> means and how that has impacted a lot of stuff yeah. you know that we see here yeah. health disparities why you know black people are kind of um, disproportionately affected by you know some things how that has played out with covid mm-hmm. you know and how we've seen that now um how that has played out in schools how that has played out in and things like that and kind of learning that backdrop because mm-hmm. that affects what we're seeing right now <clears throat> um and we can sit down and talk about that, but sometimes people have to like read about that too and then have those discussions about I, I read about this and, and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. that's what I'd say. You taking, know. taking responsibility for it, <clears throat> which I totally agree. And I think that the cool thing, and I appreciate you guys so much for having the conversation, is mm-hmm. because I, because of my, who I am and my mm-hmm. upbringing and who I just happened to be, you know, born into, the, the family born into, a lot of these things are total blind spots to me mm-hmm. right <clears throat> you don't and know what you don't know i don't, don't know what i don't know, know. and so yeah. it's just that. nice to have a safe space right amongst all of us as, as friends and brothers to say oh, i'm going to challenge you on that or that actually rubs me the wrong way as as it would in any type of relationship mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <clears throat> which i appreciate the challenge i have with with what you said even though you're absolutely right <laughs> is right. just that um <clears throat> there's not always a ton of like just looking at human behavior in general, there's there has to be an incentive or a, or a reason for me to go to all that effort when we're all busy in our lives, Absolutely. right? So you have issues with, you know, whether it be earthquake in Haiti or Katrina or like there's things that are happening around the world all the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially with the pandemic right now or politics. There's just so much overload mm-hmm. that I think it's easy for all of us or I'll just speak for myself sometimes just to stick my head in the sand mm-hmm. And say, I'm just going to keep doing, I got my work to do. Mm -hmm. I don't have time, you know. So it's it's just finding that balance of like, what I will, why I will end up doing it is because your friend, your friend, the work that I'm doing makes me, you know, more educated in terms of what my other buddies are going through. But I do wonder about other people out there, are they going to do the work? Are they going to actually take responsibility and, and do the research and learn yeah. Or does it not happen? I, you know, does that I, make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I have a question for you too? And you plan on it like, okay, you know, you know, Andre and I are going through this too, but what about what you, you are going through this kind of in a way too. 
maybe in a different way than we're experiencing it. And so that would be kind of a bounce back to you, you know, on there. And then everyone wants it kind of to change, mm-hmm. you know, and then we are all experiencing this. It may be impacting you, I think, you know, differently. Cool. And so, cool. you know, we all have the responsibility of trying to figure out if we are identifying that it's wrong. Where, mm-hmm. When do we try to, how do we try to affect change, mm-hmm. you know, on there? And these may be, you know, kind of the steps, you know, of it. Um, so I don't want you to take yourself out of, um, because, you know, I'm white, that I'm not experiencing yeah. this. Yeah. It may mean something different to you and it may impact you differently too. Yeah. But this is the world that we all live in that we're all being impacted by. Correct, correct, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the, the other thing that you brought up and perfectly is that, that you know, our goal is, to, is for reconciliation. Right? Yeah. Our goal is to <clears throat> constantly live in a state of reconciliation where there is no division between white, black, rich, poor, whatever, it's, you know, the ultimate goal is to have this really great life-giving relationship. That's why you started the Brotherhood of Men, mm-hmm. to have these amazing, difficult conversations. Totally. And, and <clears throat> it's like, how can we, and, it, and it's getting to that platform of being on that platform to talk about, you know, whatever the issue mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So, so this really feeds into your work and this, what we're doing today, I think elevates your work in the fact that you're, you're, you're doing it, you're, you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I, you know, I didn't bring a, a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Am I thinking of, of, <laughs> of that all, all the time? Yes, as a black man I am, my yeah. life does matter. Yeah. However, is, is, how do I fight this? Where, where do I come into this, into this fight? Yeah. You know, where can I engage and, and, and help my community speak into, mm-hmm. into this systematic problem Mm -hmm. you know you're doing it now with your audience here Mm -hmm. you're speaking into this specific systematic problem but you're right there are a thousand problems going on right now you know that that draw our attention but just at this moment we've we've raised hopefully the consciousness of not only ourselves but Mm -hmm. because we've engaged in this discussion before the people that listen they They'll be more informed. Yeah. So, right. You know, you can't unring a bell. You know. <laughs> and, and and this it's may true. also. True. Yeah. This may also create some division. <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of and on people who are and not who are not acce- uh, um, accessing this, and it may be polarizing. Um, there and that actually isn't a bad thing. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, there too. I, yeah. I I agree. I agree. What I want people to you know <clears throat> consider at the end of the, you know of this too is that. Uh, you know, this is one piece and it's a start, you know, of something, you know, that's going on in terms of discussions and, and learning, you know, what we can do and what actions we can take to, to start changing, you know, kind of things. By the end of our lifetimes here, this is not going to look very much different. We can't undo hundreds and hundreds of years of kind of how this is kind of built up, mm-hmm. you know, there. But what is the impact <clears throat> that we can make? By equipping ourselves with knowledge and, and things like that. What what I do know, what you do know, is kind of seen as wrong. You do recognize how race can plays into that. You may not know exactly how to kind of reflect that back and say, and that may yeah. be where the knowledge gaps are, For or sure. maybe the apprehension. For sure. And like, I don't know how to phrase this back. These are things that are um, passed down. This has been generational. <laughs> this is where kind of the systemic thing is. There should have been no reason why as a child I've seen Rodney King get beaten down mm-hmm. and that now as an adult, several mm-hmm. decades later, have mm-hmm. this stuff still happening. We mm-hmm. should have been kind of in the process of doing this. And so why is this still going? There is just an ingrained system. And understanding what that ingrained system, you know, is, 
is um, allows us to be able to kind of figure out ways how do we try to combat that and why kind of those things kind of exist in place. We have to understand um, why. Um, first of all, you know, question kind of am I racist? You know, kind of things like that. Um, there's always a question you kind of ask: Am I sexist? Am I, you know, or whatever? Are you overt? Are people overtly racist and things like that? Yes, there are some, you know, that are. Um, I probably wouldn't be here if I had picked up on you in the past year, you know, just overtly being racist or anything like that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be here. I'm like, this That's is good. not. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. I can't speak for Andre, but I'm like, this is not someone I want to deal with. You know, more here. But do you know? Do we all have? Um, you know, subconscious implicit biases that we deal with that influence, you know, our, you know, our behaviors. Sure. Do you have, do we have that as men? Do you have that as a white man? Do you mm-hmm. have, do we have that as um, able-bodied people? Do you have that as a, a straight man or do we have that as straight men or things mm-hmm. like that? Yes, mm-hmm. that all exists there. That does not make us a bad person, mm-hmm. but it makes us a person. It does start to make us bad when we deny that that actually exists. Right. And deny that that it does actually influence our behaviors and how we interact with people, <clears> and that if it's left unchecked, it can play itself out like Amy Cooper, like David Chauvin, like mm-hmm. um, Tom Austin, like that result in things like that, mm-hmm. right? You know, in there, and then mm-hmm. um, it's the comment that you talked about, like, oh, why am I scared in like a certain part of this, you know, area, fearing for my safety? Does that make me racist? Not necessarily. Yeah. No. Uh, but the question you should be asking is, why do I feel unsafe? Is race influencing why I feel unsafe? If it is, then you just become knowledgeable of it. But it doesn't make you racist if you don't act out, you know, necessarily on it. Right. You're just acknowledging, like, I may be uncomfortable because yeah. of the situation, the racial makeup here that's causing me to feel un- unsafe. I need to kind of figure out, like, why. Mm. It may very well be a, a, an unsafe situation. I know St. Louis, <laughs> you know, too. <laughs> but um, the line is, like, you're not, you know, parked kind of in one of those unsafe neighborhoods and someone comes walking down the street and you whip out a gun and shoot them because you got scared. Right. That, like that. Right, that's right, where right. it becomes over the top. Right, right. right. Yeah, and I feel like just being <clears throat> an open-minded, coachable mm. male, you know, and being willing to be humble enough to say, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And let's have a conversation because <clears throat> I, want, I want to be better yeah. and, and want to be a more well-rounded uh, friend, yeah. relatable, yeah. you know. Um, and that, that has happened, you know, just because I was grow, uh, raised so kind of in a bubble, for sure, yeah. protectively, you know. Yeah. And then my dad came out that he was gay. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's that started the whole another conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, family members telling me not to move in with my dad and his partner because of, you know, that would be the worst thing, like, like, like as if they had some type of disease, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, mm, and that was the best thing that I did for my relationship with my dad, you know. Um, and so that just just not having had a whole lot of experience, you know, or I haven't had that many black friends because I grew up in a very predominantly white suburban mm-hmm. area. Um, but to your point, I think I'd be, yeah, I, I'd be scared whether I'm in the sixth district of North St. Louis or I was scared when I got picked up from uh, my rep when I first went down to Louisiana and, and he had a lifted truck and Confederate flag in the back of his, and he had guns in the back of his truck and mm-hmm. just eating mm-hmm. tons, of, tons of tobacco. And I was like, oh, dear God, like, <laughs> who did I just get? In? This is my rep that, that mm-hmm. you know, that I was working with and I'd never met him. And I was like, oh, gosh. So there's part of it where I, I just I don't even know where the lines of uh, of 
racism, prejudice, uh, all those lines. I don't know where they where they necessarily are drawn, but I all, all ultimately what I do know is that I'm I'm open to growth and conversation, and I know at the end of the day, as cliche as it sounds, like if I'm coming from a place of just loving my brothers, you know, then just help educate me, and I'm going to do the work as well, and hopefully with that, the the rising of tide lifts all boats. Yeah, absolutely. And then you pass it down, um, yes. you know, to generations, and and that uh, <laughs> is how it changes. Is that and that's how it starts changing because yeah. Yeah. kind of what we see I here agree. is ingrained in, in children, <clears throat> right? I have this meme. I just posted this meme on my Facebook wall. It's this this black child and this white child, and they're holding each other's faces. Oh, I saw that. It's just beautiful. It's yeah. like racism. Racism is not uh, race. Children are not born not racist. Born. Yeah. It's like, don't teach them or don't yeah. teach it. Yeah. And it's like, that is so true. So mm-hmm. It's like, parents, don't teach your kids about racism. Teach, yeah. you know, <laughs> teach them to be respectful and mindful and aware, but don't, you don't have to, they don't have to fear anybody that's different from yeah. them. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you know, to kind of piggyback off of that, um, too, I mean, you, you teach them not to be racist, but then you also have to un. You, we also have to, un- to unlearn. Uh, unlearn. <laughs> yeah, we also have to teach our children to unlearn and combat like the images and the messages that they are being sent to externally. Absolutely. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and that's part of the problem. That's totally. part of the systemic problem. Totally. And totally. so we have to recognize when that's happening because we can only do so much to kind of be like, okay, um, you know, to, to not teach and be an example of not being overtly sexist or, or racist or homophobic or, or things like that you know, kind of add whatever is, you know, in there. But there are still external things coming in from the media, from TV, from things like that that are still going to influence that. From the dinner table. Sure. Mm-hmm. From the dinner table where, where Uncle Harry starts saying something like crazy and we just sit there and, oh, well, that's just him. What message <laughs> right. is that sending? <laughs> you know, Which I got from my grandfather. Yeah, was, who exactly. was very. I mean, he was born in 1908, but he was very racist. <laughs> he totally was. Yeah. You know? And... It's like um, we like them, and it's, it's like we like my family. You know, my I had uncles and aunts the same way. It's oh the yeah. Same, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like so, it's like okay. So now I can unlearn that. I can mm-hmm. deconstruct that. Mm-hmm. It's like just because your experience with white people were this, that's not my experience with with white people or Asian people or mm-hmm. Hispanic or you know. It's like I get to choose. Mm-hmm. I I get to choose, mm-hmm. and so I'm choosing. Yes, choosing yes. better. Yes. In in wrapping this up, is there anything putting a nice bow on it? I Sean? don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is there anything that you want to say or that you that we haven't talked about that you want to address? This is going to both of you guys so you can think about your answer. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I think this is a discussion that, um, you know, I would say that this is a discussion that doesn't end of course here. Because yeah. um, there is so much to unpack in, in a lot of these topics, you know, when you're race, um, sex and gender, things like that. And um, it, this was just the tip of the iceberg that we hit, yeah. um, you know, and there, there's so much deeper, you know, yeah. that we could go. Yeah. Um, this is just kind of the opening, you know, in my, uh, opinion, or we're just kind of showing kind of an example of these are the things that need to happen, yeah. you know, kind of across the nation with people kind of in a safe space like this. And let's just keep it going. Um, cause there's so much deeper that we can get. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, you know, I, I want to thank you for. The invite. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like I'm um, a, 
the black spokesperson or oh, the black no. poster oh, child for, for racism yeah. at all. <laughs> um, because you could have a group of, of individuals here that, and you'd have a totally different conversation. For sure. Awesome. For sure. Um, I am, I am thrilled about my tribe of people that I've, that have raised me. And, um, and it's not that they raised me not to see color because I saw color, but they, they, I was raised in a, in a form where it didn't matter. Color, your color did not exclude you from the party. Mm-hmm. So I, I, so my gratitude, I, I feel actually as a result of this, I, I'm, I'm much more aware of the gratitude that I have of how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for my parents, how mm-hmm. they brought us up, you know, mm-hmm. both me and my brother, and um, that we could have a dialogue like this mm-hmm. and, and it be an intelligent, hopefully, <laughs> dialogue and, yeah. um, and passionate and yet leave better people. <clears throat> yeah, and I, and, I, and I hope that that's what those that listen to this episode or watch the, the video of it and take away from it is <clears throat> that we have that opportunity to, um, you know, at least be willing, uh, whether you're white, black, you know, every other shade of, you know. Every uh, other shade of the rainbow. Yeah, yeah every other shade of the rainbow shade. that uh, that if we can just come in humbly being willing to have conversations and, and also it just takes courage for you guys to show up, which I really, really appreciate. I know for me to, to ask you to, to come up and just kind of vulnerably be like, I'm the token white guy that doesn't know shit, you know. <clears throat> but no, in, in, in all, you know, transparency, just being willing to say like, call me out, you know, where I, because I'm happy to like, oh, okay, this. So I've already come out of this conversation. Me at least have been like, oh, I've grown because of this, which is yeah. the powerful thing yeah. of our yeah. friendships, you know. Yep. And so, that's the point. I really appreciate it. And that's yeah. the point. Yeah. yeah. You know, thank you for putting yourself out there to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, it's <laughs> part of uh, part of growth, right? Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, really appreciate you hanging out for a little bit longer of an episode this go-round, but I think it was totally uh, amazing and relevant, timely, and I hope you got some good things out of it. So till next time, uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash Coach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.